Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 10 of Ronnie's Reflections. Here in the past four weeks or so, this has been a live show, but uh, it is currently Monday morning at 10 a.m., and I've been doing my regular day job, and then I had the realization after I sent an email, and one of my employees auto-responded that they would be out of the office until January 4th. I realized that my company was closed today and I was working on the outline and I thought, you know what, I might as well just go ahead and record this because, I don't know, just to try, just to try something different. I uh, got a new little background there. I think that looks that looks fun with a little reflection picture. Um, so I'll miss, you know, the audience interaction, I think, from the live show, but also I'm just really not super good at managing the chat and thinking about what it is that I'm wanting to say. So I thought, you know, I'll just I'll just record this. I'll put it out on the internet as my Tuesday video. So happy Tuesday to you if you're watching this on the day that it comes out. And uh, we'll just try that out because nothing to lose, right? Uh, you know, this, this isn't my full-time job. It's not my, uh, my gig. It is one of my passions. I do very much enjoy creating content and putting it out there into the world. Um, but, you know, it's it's fun to try different things, and, and there's going to be some more of that a little bit later on where I talk about how I want to try some different things. Because in this episode, it's going to be a lot of reflecting on the year of 2021 and also a little bit of looking ahead to the year 2022. So as per usual, I do want to cover the stuff that I watched, the games that I played. So uh, first up on our list, stuff that I watched this week, The Book of Boba Fett. The first episode of The Book of Boba Fett came out on Disney+. Plus, and with all of these things I'm going to talk about, I will, I will keep them spoiler-free. Uh, so if you maybe haven't seen... The only thing that I'll include maybe is like stuff that you might see in a commercial or something like that. Uh, but I won't include any deep spoilers about anything that I'm going to talk about on today or any of my episodes. So Book of Boba Fett came out, first episode. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like these little short glimpses back into Star Wars stories that we haven't been told. And I think that there's just so much potential there. I think one of my probably top three Star Wars films is Rogue One. I just love the backstory of that film. You know, like what happened uh, in between the the movies, you know, and then they told that story and it was a beautiful story. And it's kind of the same thing with Boba Fett. You know, what happened to Boba Fett after he got launched into the Sarlacc pit? Uh, well, it, it picks up from there and you get to see exactly what happens. And to me, it was, it was super satisfying. And then it's telling the story of, well, what happens to Boba Fett from that point to the time that he shows up in the Mandalorian, I'm guessing. Um, so the first episode was maybe 45 minutes in length. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. The pacing was, was really good. Um, I was talking with one of my buddies, and they were saying, man, I really wish that the episodes were like an hour, hour and 15 minutes each. And I'm like, do we really want that, though? You know, like if it's if it's a tight 45 minutes and they tell a good story, uh, then then that's kind of what I, what I want. That's what I want to get into. Um, I think there's going to be seven episodes in total for the Book of Boba Fett. And I'm, I'm just excited to see more of it. I think it's it's really good. It comes out every Wednesday. Only the first episode is out. I was a little bit behind on the second show that I'm going to talk about, which is Hawkeye. Um, I just wound up binging all of that. And I wish that I would have watched them week to week because Disney, I think, they're really smart. They put out one 
episode a week, and that really builds the hype. That gets people talking about them, and that gets people, other people interested in watching the show. And my video game buddies, God love them. They just, they just can't help themselves. Ryan specifically, love you, Ryan. <laughs> but he just can't help himself in, in spoiling things. And he told me uh, a major spoiler that happened basically in the last episode of Hawkeye that uh, it would have been it would have been nice to come into that without that. So I knew as soon as the Book of Boba Fett came out, I needed to be on top of that and watching it because uh, it was going to get spoiled for me. So I'm caught up, and I will continue to be caught up. Book of Boba Fett is going to be something that will be a part of my Wednesday routine. So the second thing that I watched this week was the complete season of Hawkeye. Uh, everybody's least favorite Avenger, probably, I'm guessing. I mean, he's, he's I don't know, he's right there with me. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Avengers Endgame, if you haven't seen that. Whenever it was between him and Black Widow, who was going to sacrifice themselves to save the universe, I really didn't care. Like, they could have both went off of that cliff, and I would have been like, well, that's fine. You know, it's, it is what it is. I'm, I'm okay without either one of them being in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. but So Hawkeye got his own show. Um, it wasn't an origin story, which is which is what I would like to have. I, I really like origin stories for superheroes, especially ones that aren't really specifically super, because Hawkeye, you know, there's nothing super about him. He's, he's really good at shooting arrows. Obviously, he's physically fit, and he can do a lot of stuff and things with that regards. But um, other than that, he's just not really super in any way. So this season kind of tells the story of uh, the aftermath of Endgame and kind of what Clint, aka Hawkeye, is doing with his life after that. They introduce a female protagonist to go along with Clint, and she was fine. The acting was great. Um, Her backstory was very interesting, far more interesting than anything Hawkeye did. Uh, I think that you could probably say that she was she was more the star of the Hawkeye show than Hawkeye was, honestly. She got, I think, way more screen time, way more lines, and uh, her character was just way more developed and more fleshed out. So um, overall, if I had to give that series a ranking, I would probably give it a 3. It was good, it was not great, but I also wouldn't rate it a 2, which is meh on my, my scale of awesomeness. Maybe next time I'll have my, uh, my scale on the the side there so you guys can see that but I would probably rank Hawkeye a three short season I think it was only six episodes maybe all the episodes were around 40 minutes in length Um, there was some pretty good action sequences Uh, just I don't know I'd like to see a Hawkeye origin story make that I'll be I'll be super interested in that definitely not looking for a Hawkeye season two Um, I think I think they're fine they've exhausted that character unless again they want to go back to the origin story Next thing I watched, I finished Lock and Key Season 2, and I really loved Season 1. Season 2 kind of fell flat for me, uh, especially towards the end of the season. They got into a lot of uh, computer-generated stuff, and it looked pretty hokey. You could tell that the the budget just wasn't quite there, and also kind of going back to Hawkeye, I felt the same way about Hawkeye. Like they didn't they didn't open up the full Disney Marvel pocketbook to produce Hawkeye. It felt like a CW show. And Lock and Key was the same way. You could definitely tell that they were uh, uh, skimping on some things that uh, the CGI, it just it just didn't look good. And it really took you out of the whole 
end of the season, like whenever the climax was supposed to be at its utmost peak, it just it just kind of fell flat for me. And the story really wasn't very good. Um, am I looking for a season three? You know, maybe, possibly. <laughs> I would probably watch a season three, but um, like the magic and the mystery of the keys and all of that that was present in series season one that really got me hooked into it. Uh, it just it just kind of wasn't there for me in season two. I don't know, like if the stakes weren't quite big enough or what the problem was. I think it was mostly just the CGI looking looking kind of meh, and it just kind of fallen flat whenever you know we should be at a big crescendo there at the end of the season. But you know, give it a watch. I would probably rank it. Mm, I'd rank it a two, honestly. It's it's pretty meh for me. Uh, if you liked season one, go ahead and, and continue forward with, with the series. But if you didn't really care for season one, I'd say season two isn't going to introduce anything new to you. Last thing on my list that I watched this week, I started The Witcher season two. And I've only completed one episode. Just last night I completed the first episode. Super, super good. I love the atmosphere of that show. It's it's dark and spooky and mysterious, and Henry Cavill is just, he is a perfect Witcher character. Uh, I can't imagine anybody that would play that character better. The sound of his voice, uh, I love his golden eyes that he has, like, throughout the episode. There's, like, last season, they did a whole lot of just self-contained episodes where there really wasn't a whole lot of building towards anything else. And I watched the season one recap before I started season two, and I was like, there's no cohesion here at all. It, it Like, none of the things that they did in Season 1 really led up to anything big that made much sense to me, anyway. And who knows if they'll do that in Season 2. I mean, they kind of they kind of sort of pick up on the story in Season 2, and they follow that, but it's also another random encounter with another random uh, baddie. But it was really cool. It was really cool. Um... I'm definitely in. I'm going to watch the whole season, of course. Once again, I think Henry Cavill is an amazing witcher, and I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm going to go, and I'm going to give that one a, I guess, a four to start out with. It's great. Uh, it's It could move up to a five if the season has some kind of cohesion and tells a, a story from beginning to end, uh, but we'll see where it goes from here. I'm excited to watch some more of that. So also for this episode number 10 of Ronnie's Reflections, I thought it would be fun to recap my favorite movies and TV shows of 2021. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this. I didn't know this. You can go on Netflix or Amazon Prime and you can view your entire watch history of everything that you've ever watched. And I did that and it was like, whoa, look at all that. I've watched a lot of stuff and things and there's a lot of stuff on there that just was real crappy. <laughs> but I did find some things. Let me see. I found seven things uh, in, the, in the 2021 year that I thought were either great or amazing. So earning either a four or a five for me. Those things are Made, which is a show on Netflix about a young lady who is just on the struggle bus. This only came out just a couple of months ago. Um, she's got a kid. She's dealing with some emotional abuse from her fiance boyfriend. She's struggling to make money. 
she's homeless. You know, it's, it's just a, a cycle of poverty kind of thing. It was, it was different from anything that I'd ever seen before, really. And uh, I, I really appreciated that. I thought it was pretty interesting. Next show on my list that I loved was Squid Game. Uh, talk about another thing that was just a really unique and original idea. I love Squid Game. I'm definitely excited for Squid Game number two. The Mr. Beast YouTube video that was inspired by Squid Game, also really, really good. But yeah, all of the Squid Game stuff, I'm in for it. My nose always runs whenever I talk for long amounts of time. What's up with that? What's the deal with that? <laughs> Hashtag no cuts, no edits. Next on my list was Countdown Inspiration 4 Mission to Space. This was a four-part documentary on Netflix about the Inspiration 4 mission. This was the first all non-pro astronaut crew that went to space. There were four of them. Uh, the, the documentary goes over how each person was selected, and then it follows them from the very first day of their training uh, up through the launch and showing them, you know, like going to space because they delayed putting out the documentary until they actually went to space. And that was just, for anybody that's interested in space at all, if you nerd out about that stuff, that was that was an amazing documentary. All of the stuff that they showed, the behind the scenes, all the things that go into what does it take to send a person to space. Again, just four episodes, so it's it's quick, and I was I was hungry for more. So I hope that they do some more of that kind of stuff in the future. Next on the list, another uh, Netflix exclusive. It's Midnight Mass. Probably, do I want to say? I, it's probably my favorite thing that I watched this year. Midnight Mass, seven part uh, docu mini like mini series, not a documentary. It's a mini series, very much in the vein of like classical old Stephen King. Seven episodes, maybe 40 to 50 minutes for each episode. Quick hitting, a little creepy, not not super, like a little supernatural-ish. Uh, calls into question Christianity and, and all of those things and like questioning your spirituality and, and different aspects of that. I loved it. It was fast-paced. It was, it was fast-hitting. I thought that it was paced perfectly. Uh, it told an original story to me, which, which I love. If, I, if I'm watching an original story... At this point, uh, I'm going to be impressed, and you're going to earn points for that. Midnight Mass was, was definitely a five, and probably the, my favorite thing that I watched this year. It was a toss-up between that and the next thing on my list, which is Finch and Apple Plus. Is that what that's called? Apple Plus exclusive movie with Tom Hanks. It's basically the live-action version of Wally, and I love Wally, and my gosh, I love Finch. It's, it's almost like a modern version of Castaway as well, because Tom Hanks is in a post-apocalyptic setting where uh, the sun has blasted our ozone layer and now there are big holes in our ozone. And so this UV radiation blasts through there and basically makes it so that nothing can grow on planet Earth anymore. It's Everything is desert. It's like 150 degrees everywhere you go. Tom Hanks plays a genius engineer and he's created these different robots and he winds up creating a, a humanoid-like robot that kind of follows him around and and that's that's who he has his dialogue with throughout the film and it's just a story of his struggle and everything that's going on and and i i loved it i loved it i would love to see more of that kind of stuff in the future it's a shame that it's an exclusive to apple because i'm sure that there's a lot of people that just probably won't ever see it because of that uh next movie on my list actually is is old m night Shyamalan. this was his latest flick 
again, a very uh, interesting, unique concept that really grabbed me and, and just kind of threw me for a loop. The concept is that uh, these people go to this deserted beach and on this beach, for whatever reason, there's something supernatural going on that makes them age incredibly quickly. Uh, there's an excellent reveal at the end as to, you know, like what exactly is going on. So it definitely pays off. Uh, it's only maybe an hour and a half long movie. And I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Again, another unique idea that uh, really hit, hit home and hard for me. I loved it. Last on my list was a series that's been out for a while, but I just finally uh, tucked into it and binged the whole thing in 2021, and that was The Man in the High Castle on Amazon. That's really the only thing that I watched on uh, Prime Video all year, because you can check your view history on there as well. Uh, I really enjoyed the series. The first two seasons, I blew through them. I loved every second of it. The story behind it is that it's a reimagining of if... Germany and the South Pacific uh, islands like Japan if they won World War II instead of the Allies. And so what you wind up with is a United States that's basically broken up into kind of sort of like 60% German occupied and controlled. There's a little neutral zone that goes through the middle like through Colorado and then everything east or excuse me west of the Colorado mountains. Uh, belongs to Japan. So it's, I love the idea of that, like how much, how different would our world have been? And, you know, to see, to see the Nazis blow up the Statue of Liberty and to see the Golden Gate Bridge just clad in the rising sun Japanese flags and just, and just how different our world would have been in America and, and more broadly. But unfortunately in season three and four, they got a little bit more sci-fi-y instead of it just being kind of an alt history piece. So I didn't I didn't enjoy that as much and definitely the way that the show wrapped up. I didn't come away from it feeling like wow, that was amazing. You know, it was it was definitely it was definitely a 4 for me. It was on the great end of the scale, but season 1 and 2 were just really really good. Just imagining how much different things would have been was was kind of fun and, and interesting to me. How long have we been going so far? 18 minutes. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right. So we are done with the games and the movies. We're going to move on to the games that I played this week. Not too much to share here. Uh, I did finish Halo Infinite, and I came away from that feeling rather disappointed with the campaign itself. I loved the open world aspects of that game. I think that they've really got something there that in future Halo games, they can go that direction, and I will, I will love every minute of it. The problem is, is that the last probably two to three hours, it went back to the old Halo formula where it wasn't an open world game. You were in tight corridors, shooting, moving, progressing. Uh, there were a couple of different bosses that were pretty tough. I had to do anywhere from five to ten different uh, tries in order to beat these various bosses at the end of the game, which I think there's, there's probably two or three pretty good-sized boss fights. Uh, there at the end of the game and so I left the game not on a high note not feeling like wow I, I really loved that but feeling like I want more of the open world stuff so I hope that they dig into that more and kind of avoid which is crazy for me to say avoid the story because the Halo narrative at least the one that they've been trying to tell ever since Halo 1 
to me, that story climaxed at the end of Halo 3. And ever since then, they've kind of been trying to figure out, well, where do we go from here? And they've just kind of been retailing and retailing. (laughs) They've been retelling and rehashing the exact same Halo storyline through 4 and 5. And it's like, come on, guys, let's... Let's put it behind us. Let's go and do something different. And I'm hopeful that maybe that's what they're going to do. They're going to dig more into the open world aspect and uh, flesh that out a little bit more. Because the development of that game was definitely, uh, there's a lot of turmoil surrounding it with uh, the different design leads changing throughout it. So there were a lot of different directions that it went in. Now I think that they probably have come to the realization of what people want and what they don't want. And uh, hopefully they can maybe deliver a better Halo experience earlier than six years later, which is the amount of time between uh, Halo 5, is that what it was? Halo 5 and Halo Infinite. So Halo 7, whatever they're going to call it, I don't know. Um, I've completely stopped playing the multiplayer. I really don't have any interest in playing it. I just don't have any friends that play it, so... It's not really fun to jump into a Halo game and play without friends, at least not for me. So, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm done with Halo Infinite, which is kind of sad because it it came and went in a hurry, and I was really excited when it got here. I think maybe that was one of the first games that I talked about on Ronnie's Reflections, and I think at the time I gave it a five, and I was really hyped on it. And now to be here and to just say it's a three probably is where I would land on it. It's good, but. It's got lots of room for improvement and some other things that they can maybe do with it in the future to make it better. Next game on my list that I played, you're going to be shocked about this. It was Fortnite, and uh, Fortnite to me is is still a five. It's it's amazing. It's I just love getting on that game with my buddies. I've got two buddies that I play with consistently. We put in an hour to two hours every night. We do the challenges. We laugh. Uh, here lately, we've won. A whole lot of games. I think we've been playing a lot of bots, <laughs> but I'm fine with that. It is fun to win that game, and it's it's just a that's that's I've said it before. That's how I get my my social interaction out is on uh, Fortnite, and uh, just a couple of two really really good buddies uh, shooting faces, winning occasionally, getting XP, unlocking cool skins. Uh, Josh, my buddy, he bought me the Spider-Man skin for Christmas as a Christmas present, so that was really nice of him. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I gifted uh, them a couple of skins for Christmas, and I gifted Ryan. I think I got him the Spider-Man skin for his birthday because his birthday was a couple of days before Christmas. So love Fortnite. It's it's awesome. Last game that I played this week, it was kind of a surprise for me. Uh, I got back into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. This was the game that I purchased with my Xbox Series X. I played the heck out of it, loved it, and put 40 hours into it. Did not beat it. Got tired of just all of the stuff you have to do in there because it's basically the opposite of what Halo Infinite's map was. Halo Infinite's map was largely small. Does that make sense? It was, it was a small map for an open world game. And there just wasn't much to do. It was pretty sparsely populated. Whereas Assassin's Creed Valhalla's map is gargantuan, and there is too much stuff to do. There are uh, towers you can climb and make fast travel points. There are all kinds of different missions to do. You can raid people from the sea and take over their village. You can find clothing and collectibles 
there's just so much stuff to do. Everywhere you turn, there's an icon on the map. And sometimes I really like that. Just just turn your brain off, do some task completion, go and get some armor, move on to the next thing. I like that. Other times it's like, well, I want to get into the story and do the missions. The problem with Assassin's Creed Valhalla is that they've just there's just too much stuff. <laughs> I am to the point now, I was probably to this point maybe 20 hours ago in the game, where I just skip all of the dialogue. Uh, and there is a ton of dialogue, and it's all spoken. They had like somebody do voiceover recording uh, in a recording booth for all these voiceovers, which is just crazy to me. There's got to be thousands of hours of voiceovers in that game, but... I haven't beaten it yet. I think I am going to go ahead and complete it. I'm, I'm going through now and doing the main quest lines. I think that I'm pretty close to getting it done, uh, but hopefully I'll be able to see that one through. I've got basically all the checkpoints done, all of the raids are done, uh, and yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's fun to get back into it, but it's, it's an interesting thing because I just find myself... I can't purchase games anymore for Xbox um, Game Pass has completely ruined my ability to open up my pocketbook and buy games, it seems, because I'd really like to play Far Cry 6. I would really like to play the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Neither one of those are on Game Pass. But I feel like at some point, there's a good likelihood that they're going to. Or that, you know, I can just wait and I'll be able to pick them up for super cheap, you know, 10, 15 bucks at some point. And... I think that that's bad for the video game industry. It kind of worries me. Like, I love Game Pass and that service in general, but in order to encourage video game makers to open their pocketbooks and make ambitious projects that aren't proven, they need to know that they're going to be able to sell games. And for somebody like me who's been a lifelong gamer, that really, that really does concern me in a way because I'm sure that I'm not the only person that's like, well, I'm not going to buy that new game because, you know, in six months to a year, I'll just wait for it to be free, essentially, within Game Pass. So it's, it's kind of a catch-22. It'll be interesting to see how that all winds up panning out in the future. Supposedly, PlayStation has their own Game Plus service in the works that they're going to announce this year. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I didn't play... I didn't play anything on PlayStation. I mean, I've got this this lovely, beautiful PlayStation 5. You know what I played on it all year long? Fortnite. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I didn't buy the new Ratchet & Clank game. I would love to buy it and play it, but I just can't spend $70 on a new game anymore. I just, I just can't. I won't. There's too much stuff to play on Game Pass, so I just can't justify it. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm... <laughs> Um, I'm worried about the future of, uh, of of game making because, like I said, if, if they don't have the incentive to make the games, if people aren't buying them, it could be problematic. And I'm sure that game developers are not getting rich by having their games release, especially on Game Pass. Like, what kind of money are they making on Forza 5 and Halo Infinite? How much money did they miss out on? It had to have been substantial. Had to have been. <sighs> we'll see where it goes from here. So, uh, also to recap my favorite games of 2021, I've, I mean, this is a really pathetic list. Like, that's probably the worst year for gaming that I've ever experienced in my life. To, to look back at 2020, because I looked back at the video that I made where I recapped my top five games of 2020, the list was number five, Gears Tactics, number four, Minecraft Dungeons, number three, Fortnite, number two, Doom Eternal, number one, The Last of Us Part Two. 
So four of those games, uh, no, that's not right. So I got one, two, three, four, four of those games I didn't pay for. They were on Game Pass, and that's Tactics, Dungeons, Fortnite, and Doom Eternal. I waited to play Doom Eternal until it came out on Game Pass. I paid for one game that made my top five list in 2020, and that was The Last of Us Part Two. And that's the only PlayStation game that I really I really played. Everything else was on Xbox. So 2021, it was rough. There was not a whole lot of stuff that I played that I felt really strongly about. I played a lot of things, but none of them really landed on the great or amazing scale of whatever Ronnie's scale of amazingness is called. So on my favorite games of 2021 list, I had Mass Effect 2, Remastered. I did play Mass Effect 1 as well, Remastered, but Mass Effect 2 is, is like the gold standard of RPGs and the up version that I, I did purchase that day one. I uh, bought the physical copy of, I think? Maybe not? No, I got the digital version of it. Uh, but I played through 1 and 2. Haven't touched 3. I kind of I <laughs> got tired of it after 2. So I've still got 3 to go back into and play. And maybe that's something I'll look at doing here uh, in the next couple weeks if there's not anything else coming out, which it doesn't really look like there is. Uh, other favorite game of 2021, total surprise, was Age of Empires 4. I didn't beat it. There's, I think, four different campaigns, and I beat three of the four campaigns. Just kind of got tired of it. It was the same old thing over and over and over again, but it is a lot of fun. If you're into real-time strategy games at all, definitely recommend Age of Empires 4. Uh, Halo Infinite somehow made my favorite games of 2021. I, I, Whenever I was making this list, I don't know. I'm taking that off of there. It's It's not... <laughs> I don't think it makes it. And I also added Assassin's Creed Valhalla on there. I, I really don't feel like that one belongs on there as well. Like I'm I'm literally just playing that because I don't have anything else to play at the moment. It's fun, but I don't think it's amazing or great. It's good. Uh favorite game of 2021, Fortnite. Fortnite, thank you, Universe. Never saw that coming. Free to play, goofy shoot 'em up uh battle royale game, you know, like I just keep coming back to it. I love earning skins. I love doing the quests. I love visiting with my buddies. It's it's comfort food that I consume every single night. Literally every single night. Okay, so that wraps up my favorite movies, favorite games. Now we're going to move on and talk about goals for 2022. Last night I was scrolling through Twitter and a quote from Dave Ramsey came through and I loved it and I wanted to share it with you guys. Goals are dreams with work boots on. Think about that for a second. Like everybody talks about their resolutions and their goals that they have. Goals are dreams with work boots on. It's not just something that you think you want to do. It's something that you you avidly want to complete. And you're going to be intentional in the way that you go about in completing that objective. I love that. You get your work boots on and you get to going. So... I've got three goals for 2022 that I want to lay out and just talk about for a little bit, but I don't want to just, I don't just want to say, Hey, this is my goal. Hope it happens. I want to talk about, you know, steps that I want to take in order to achieve those things. So the first thing on the list, and these are not in a particular order other than the last one. The last one is, is most important to me, but we'll get there. First on the list, create content every day. So the theme of the the goals that I have for 2022 are to invest my time 
thought process and energy more in the things that make me happy. So things that make me happy, one of those things is creating content. I love recording stuff like this. I love editing videos. I love making things for work that people uh, watch and appreciate and makes their lives easier. All of those things make me really happy and satisfied with, with my life in general. So I want to create content every day. Uh, a couple months ago, I think, I started creating some YouTube shorts, and I really love that process. I started doing it recently about Lego sets that I completed, and I feel like that that's just a really fun uh, extra thing that I can do creatively at the end of, of building a Lego set. Because honestly, if you're just following the directions, which is which is how I do my Lego building, you're not really being creative at all. You're just following what somebody else was able to create, and you're creating a thing that you can then, then, for me, put on a shelf and enjoy and remember back to the build experience. But really, you're not really creating anything per se. However, with these YouTube shorts, you know, as I'm building, I'm thinking about, well, like, what's the most famous scene uh, from this Harry Potter build that I did? I did a, a Lego Harry Potter Wizards chess short a while back, and uh, I was like, maybe I could have the audio from the scene in the movie, but you could see the video of the Lego chess set and kind of bring that, that Lego set to life a little bit more. And I love that idea, and it seemed like it resonated with people as well. I think that video got over 3,000 views, which was really cool. Uh, actually, just today, I uploaded one about Bowser's airship, and I'm excited to see how that one did, but... Uh, I literally dreamed last night about creating that short about that Bowser's airship. And so I woke up today at 5.30 in the morning. My brain decided that I needed to wake up at 5.30 for, for whatever reason. That, that tends to happen occasionally. I got out of bed, uh, had my coffee, and then I came downstairs and I created that short. And the creation process, because it's a short, it's not time-consuming. It's just, it's just coming up with the idea and then bringing it all together. And then when it does come all together... That feels good. Whenever people like your video and comment on it and say that it's really cool, that feels good. And so I want to do I want to do more of that. So I think creating every day is a perfectly good goal to have. Create content every day. Create something every day. For me, whenever I talk about that, I'm talking about you know video, audio, content, those things, kind of things that go on on YouTube or things that I'm creating for work because I do create videos and upload those for work. So every single day, create content, Ronnie. That's, that is, that is a goal. Second goal, sell more stuff. Another passion in my life that I have always enjoyed from probably when I was 12 to 13 years old, when I opened my first eBay account, I love to sell stuff online. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's just it's just like an Easter egg hunt, you know? Like you you have some maybe you've you've bought something a long time ago, you've had it in your collection, and then you find out, oh, this thing is now worth this amount of money. It would be really cool to get this amount of money for this thing rather than just have it sit in a box. And that is where uh, I really want to start attacking that kind of stuff and put my work boots on. I want to double down on eBay. Uh, about a month ago, I dedicated myself to listing one item 
every day on eBay. And it's just been stuff that's been sitting around my house. Uh, I had a little box that I marked uh, yard sale. And I was like, oh, at some point, you know, I'll sell all of this stuff in a yard sale. It'll be great. S like doing a yard sale is a lot of work. And there's usually not a whole lot of payoff for that. People are coming to a yard sale expecting just excellent deals. You can really maximize your money by selling these things individually online, which I'm pretty good at. I've got a little experience doing that. My issue is that I go, I get really hardcore into selling on eBay and I want to list like 50 items every day. And I'll do that for a couple weeks and then I burn out and I just can't take it anymore. I think it was 2020 when I sold just a ton of stuff, like $5,000 worth of merchandise on Mercari. And I got to the end of that and I was just like, wow, I'm, I'm sick of listing stuff. I don't want to do it anymore. So this time I wanted to start small, manageable, and just start listing stuff that's just sitting around my house that has no use, no purpose. It's sitting in a box. Uh, it's sitting, you know, on a shelf. Things that I just don't use anymore. Clothes that Beckett doesn't fit into anymore that aren't absolutely destroyed. Why not list those on eBay and see if anybody's interested in paying for them? Initially, I was listing everything for a dollar and only auction style. But then uh, after a couple of those things didn't sell, I kind of had the epiphany that, uh, well, you know, Ronnie, whenever you go to eBay, you don't ever look to bid on anything. I don't like to bid on stuff because I want it now. I want it right now. So I changed my style and now I'm doing everything as a buy it now. Uh, with a buy it now price and I really like eBay now I do because I can I can list things on my phone I take a picture with everything I can look up and see what something comparable sold for so I know that I'm not gonna get myself ripped off uh, I can immediately after I take the pictures of it put it in the packaging that it's gonna go in weigh it measure it and then put it on a shelf until it sells then when it sells it is so easy all I have to do is go into eBay, click print shipping label, and it prints off all of my labels. I throw the label on the package, it goes to the post office, I pretty much go to the post office every day anyway. And I just really like that. I really like that. Um, I watched a video recently from Harry Tornado, who is a full-time eBay seller, and he's got a, a really good YouTube channel as well. And he talked about some uh, tax things that you want to be aware of. So. Uh, this year, now, the IRS is going to start hammering down on people that are re reselling. Uh, and before, uh, the various companies didn't notify the IRS that you were selling unless you got over $20,000 worth of goods in a calendar year. Now, that number is $600 in a calendar year. So, uh, I am going to be talking with uh, an accountant and I'm going to be getting myself some tax-exempt status so that I can purchase Lego and other items for tax-exempt. And also, uh, Harry Tornado's biggest piece of advice, open a separate checking account for your business. That way, all of the transactions that go in and out aren't all muddled in between the different like groceries and other personal items that you might buy. So I've opened a separate checking account. It's with the same bank. I literally did it from the app, which was awesome. And I'm excited about my uh, journey doubling down into uh, eBay sales. I found myself less interested in parting out sets. I've got so many parts 
in my store that just don't sell. And I don't, I don't think that they'll ever sell. Honestly, there's a lot of parts in a set that just won't ever sell. And so whenever you look at a part out value for a set, I feel like that that is really, really artificial because the likelihood that all of those parts in that set are going to sell is pretty much slim to none. So I think that I'm going to be changing my mindset and brick link uh, from parting out sets this year to just doing sealed sets, which stinks because I like the diversification option that I have. Um, you know, if, if a set isn't selling very well, I can always part it out and I could still do that, but it is a ton of work to part sets out and then you wind up with just dead inventory sitting in your store. So I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see how that one goes. We're going to monitor that situation, but um, I'm to the point now where I've been buying sealed sets for long enough that I'm getting pretty steady sales on stuff because I'm just trying to double my money with a sealed set. So you don't have to wait an incredibly long amount of time. You got to wait for the set to retire. But at this point, I've got enough in my uh, investment backlog where I'm getting fairly consistent sales. And as long as I can keep that up, then uh, it'll be good. That's that's kind of been the good thing about partying out is that you you constantly, consistently get money into your account, whether it be small orders or big orders or whatever, you're always getting money generated into that account that I then turn around and reinvest into more sets. So we'll see where that goes. But as far as my goal, sell more stuff, double down on eBay, I think that we can make that happen. Maybe I'll start listing two items every day on eBay. Okay, last, certainly not least, the one that is most important to me, be a better father. I think I had a very similar resolution last year. I think that I do a good job of being a dad. Um, I don't think that there's any question in my mind, for, or in, I don't think that there's any question in Beckett's mind that his dad loves him tremendously, uh, that his dad loves hanging out with him. I just, I, I don't think that you can ever think as a parent that you're you're at the um the peak of being a parent you know i think that there's always room for improvement in all things and certainly there are things that i can improve uh, as a father i want to take him to more things you know he's getting older now to where he'll he'll have memories and and i was watching the uh, harry potter documentary on hbo last night and i was like man i really want to go to the wizarding world of harry potter and take beckett to that he still hasn't watched the movies or read the books. And I'm thinking, you know, like, when is the time that he's going to be old enough to start doing that stuff and find interest in it? And he may not ever be interested in that, but uh, it's really easy, you know, like throughout the year to just be like, well, you know, I've got you on the weekend and do you want to just hang out here or go to a local park? And like some of my fondest memories that I had from him with him from 2021 are taking him to places like going, going to the water park, just going to the pool uh doing different things like that so i want to take him to places like that and and make those memories and, and do those things and i know he's gonna say that he doesn't want to go but then he winds up going and he always has a really good time so it's really on me to just kind of nudge him in that direction and, and to get out there and do that need to work on getting him riding a bike he's five years old five and a half now july 2nd's his birthday so maybe whenever it gets a little warmer outside we will spend some more time on the bike trying to get that going and just doing you know like more things outside we love our lego building it's awesome to do that in the winter time it's awesome to do that in the summertime too as well but uh there's a big wonderful world out there that we can get out there and explore and have some adventures and make some memories 
So being a better father in 2022 is a goal of mine, and we're going to get there day by day, little by little. So that's going to wrap up Ronnie's Reflections, episode 10. Hope that you guys uh, are okay, cool with the uh, recorded format. Let me know if you would prefer having the live show back. Usually only have like two or three people show up for the live show, but uh, I'm more than happy to continue doing the live show if uh, you guys enjoy that. But thanks for watching, and uh, I'll see you in the next video. Bye. Builderbuds YouTube. Father and son who do. Buds for life, not voodoo. About rap, I have no clue.